From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fans. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we're on the phone for the Friend of Blue Show uh, post game versus the Minnesota Wild. Uh, got the extra point in the OT, so two points on the night over the Minnesota Wild. Uh, fun, I guess you could say it was a fun game. Uh, decent uh, overtime, had a little power play session, could not convert, ended the, end the thing in the shootout. Uh, let's talk about it, man. Let's jump right into it because I am tired. I ain't going to lie, man. I'm very exhausted. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit what happened in Montreal and, and also in Newark versus the Devils, losing that lead. But and for tonight, you know, Andre, uh, Keandre Miller and uh, and uh, Adam Fox had very, very good games tonight, Scott. Uh, what's up, man? How you doing? We've got to talk, talk to us about your, your, your trip as well, as always. And, and um, how do you thought about tonight's game, man? Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Um, you know, of course, the name of the game is get two points at all costs. Um, but I, I don't know about it, you guys, but I feel unfulfilled. I feel like this is a disappointing two points, if that's a thing. <laughs> um, I mean, that's two OTs in a row. They had a full two-minute four-on-three and couldn't score. That's a problem. Um, yeah, you know, the difference between the row win and the, and, and the shootout win uh, in, in that tiebreaker and whatnot. So a little disappointing mm-hmm. there. And I'm trying to justify it by saying, well, they were down 2 nothing and then tell me after that first period that uh, they're going to come out with the two points, I'd be excited. But just, I don't know, after that second period, just total domination, 20 shots, uh, two goals. It just felt like, you know, I just felt like they could not possibly lose this game. And then they just a terrible third period. Um, you know, they got nothing accomplished except for, you know, Adam Fox is literally the only one playing in that, in that third period. Um, so, you know, I guess, you know, two points are two points, but uh, I feel like this one could have been a little more. They, they, they could have gotten that two points in either regulation or, or the OT. Um, but that being said, you know, it's interesting shootout. Good to see them uh, come out on top. Yeah, I, I actually looked at it a little different. You said uh, it was unsatisfactory. I kind of looked at, looked at it as a relief. Got the two points. More like uh, weight off a little bit of the shoulders. Because what happened after uh, your game in Montreal and blowing the lead versus Jersey over the weekend, and and they actually uh, were down in this game. They came back like he had, like he said, strong second period, and then uh, third period they kind of squandered it. I'm just glad that they converted in the uh, shootout. Uh, but they had that power play with a four on three. Uh, they, uh, I, I, I thought. It, they should have if they would have they should have cast in at that moment. They had great opportunities, great opportunities. They just could have convert. But um, the shootout was on our side of things tonight, and you gotta take it and go. I mean, that's the best way we could say it as far as that. Uh, we're riding a nice momentum. I just was just a little, over, you know, disappointed on how when I caught up to the game versus the Devils and how uh, they uh, they blew the lead in that one. You know, I said, oh, man, here we go again. You know, because when we start to get uh, a skate in the right direction, uh, the, the defense that we're leaning towards, Scott, is just – it doesn't come through as consistent as I want. So that door is always open for the opponent. 
and Jersey wanted it bad over the weekend. But let's go even go back one step further because the game you were at, the Montreal, then tell us your thoughts as far as being, of course, I mean, you're no stranger to the Bell Center, man. You They they know you. The ushers know you at this point. Like, let's go back to that game and, and, and your thoughts on that, you know, that victory and, and how do you see it, you know, being there, you know? Take, take us through. Yes. So, so that one was fun. Um, it, it was a little different atmosphere in there because, you, you know, you, you did have – the place was packed, of course. Um, you know, you got that original six, which means a lot more up there than, um, you know, that, that, that term is uh, – I don't know about you, but that term is – doesn't really mean much to me anymore. Um, yeah, we got a great rivalry with Boston. Um, Chicago, not so much. We play Chicago or Detroit, like nothing, you know, there's really nothing special about that to me. But up there, it, it's a big thing. And, of course, the Rangers brought a lot of heads as usual. Um, and, the, and, the, and the fans, like, like Patrick summed it up perfectly, it, it was a, a no-lose situation for him because they want to tank. They want to get in that Connor Bedard uh, sweepstakes. Well, they're going to be in the sweepstakes, but they want to be as high as they can. Uh, and he said, you know what, mm-hmm. so if they lose, it's fine. And if they win, um, you know, then I get to see the win, you know. And you know, it, was a good, it was a good point he made. Um, and the game pretty much went the way I thought it was going to go. The, the Rangers have a habit, obviously, of um, playing down to their opponents, and they also have a, a tendency to, uh, you know, take a period to get their legs going. And that's exactly what happened on both counts. First period was kind of boring all around. There wasn't really anything going on on either side. Uh, the shots were low. I know I'm pretty sure both teams were in single digit shots in that first period. And then I said it in the intermission. I said, the Rangers are going to come out uh, hard in a second. That was, I said, that was your chance right there. Um, and sure enough, they did. And they got three goals relatively quickly, um, you know, in a short span there in that second, and I knew that the, uh, you know, sure, the Rangers can, if anybody can blow a three-goal lead, it's the Rangers, but, uh, and especially the Montreal, we've seen that before, Play, we've seen them blow a five-goal lead, um, but not this time, not not with that Habs team, and, um, you know, the third period was really never in doubt, so it was fun. Uh, my overall Bell Center record improves to five and seven, but don't forget, it was one and seven at one point, and the Knuckles and Island jersey mm. is now a perfect Four and O lifetime. I've only worn it in that arena, and I will only wear it in that arena. I'm not gonna, uh, you know, I'm not gonna tempt fate. That jersey is four and O, but uh, it's allowed to. I, I won't even wear that in MSG against uh, against Montreal. That is strictly a Bell Center jersey, and it's four and O. Overall, uh, overall, a fun night and a, and a, and a good. Uh, Good game to see them play. Played down a little bit to them, and then took it over when they had to, and never let the abs into that right. game after that. There's nothing sweeter than getting a road win. Uh, you know, you're a fan that contested this better than most fans in New York. Or just, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if you go to the home games, you'd like to see a home win. That's cool. But there's nothing like going to somebody else's city, regardless of the sport. And because it takes a lot of energy and effort and resources just to get to that particular destination and get the win on somebody else's turf is just something I don't think a lot of fans quite understand the psychology of that. They know it from afar, Scott, but they don't really, it doesn't, it doesn't sink with them because of exactly what I just said. You know what I'm saying? So like when you're out across, literally across international borders for your squad and you get you get that dub. It is a sweet feeling that I don't think most fans who don't do it quite understand what it took just in general to get to a, a particular city, 
you know, all day spending probably restaurants and sightseeing, whatever. You know, you, you see what I'm going with this, man? Because that's the lane I know very familiar with. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I respect that. I, and that's what I'm saying. I say this. I respect how you roll, man. Like, a lot of fans just don't get it like that. Man. That's why this particular platform is really popular with that because of that element of all the sports. There's football, especially when we do the tailgates on the road. Uh, but, yeah, you know, go to road games for the hoops, the hockey, the baseball, whatever. Yeah, the home games are cool, but, you know, a lot of us has been going to home games since the 80s, and depending on how old you are, probably the 70s. But when you you go into new places, especially places, I mean, you've been to Montreal many a times, like you said, you said five and seven, but if you go uh, to new places and get the W, it's just a sweet feeling. I just don't think, it's just a, it's a, it's a lane that certain fans are in, and I respect that, man. Oh, totally absolutely, I am. I am 100% in agreement um, that, you know, for a variety of reasons, those road games are just, just feel really, really great to win. You know, I, I've gone in seasons where they were terrible. Um, you know, it's not going to dampen my spirit. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's actually less pressure when they're terrible. When you go like toward, you know, halfway or more through a season where, you know, like this team stinks, um, there's, there's no pressure because mm-hmm. then the entire season is just that one game. Oh, I mean, there's, there's pressure to win that game, but you, you know what I mean? There's pressure, but there isn't. And, and, and every, like everything comes down to that one game. <laughs> like it doesn't mean anything in the standings. It's just, I want to win the night, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a, it's great with, you know, the the, the production, the, the logistics you have to plan. Um, yeah, you go out. I, I like to go out early if I'm, um, you know, in in a strange town. Um, you know, the Devils that that, that Newark does not count as road games. Even, even Philly is a semi road game. You know, you, you, the further you go, I think the further away geographically you go, the the more fun it gets. Um, you know, Canada is always great, but specifically Western Canada, those, those were just some fun times. You know, I like to get to the bar, but like like two, three o'clock, and my my mission is just to talk to people. Like I just I just want to mingle and talk to people. My one of my other friends uh, from college, my friend Jack, uh, came up for this one as well, and he said, and that's uh, you know, the Nyland jersey is a great conversation starter because when you get you know the, the older crowd that knows who he was on that team, um, you know, they'll they'll definitely say something and they love the respect there, and it's easy to start conversation. And my friend Jack even pointed out, he's like, dude, everybody's like, everybody just wants to talk to you. I was like, yeah, dude, that's that's what I do when I come up here. That's what I, that's what I do when I go on these trips. Um, you know, and Edmonton and Calgary were, were amazing because, you know, they see somebody in a Rangers jersey, and, you know, when they find out that you flew 2,000 miles to, to, to come to the game, they, they actually they take it as a compliment. They're, they're, they're impressed. I've had people buy me drinks and uh, just because I made that journey for the trip it's uh yeah it, it's just a lot of fun you know seeing the new places and um it's definitely uh a good feeling a, you know it, it's a definitely a, a a better feeling exactly like you said uh it, it's more fun to win those games on the road because you know at home it's you know we, we've been to the guard a thousand times it's uh you know it's all ranger fans you know i, I find myself i don't even wear a ranger jersey uh to a lot of home games anymore like there's no need it's my people it's my building I, I, well, uh, it's my it's, it's our building and the, those are not our people <laughs> we've discussed this at length it's it's, it's our building but this, those are not our people in there anymore <laughs> um but um you know so on the road it's a little different um 
uh, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun uh, to go on these games and, and especially to win them. Um, you know, it's yeah, that, you know makes makes make trip worthwhile. Yeah, yeah you, you, this is actually an interesting aspect of that. I'll get back to the game and, and the players. Uh, I, I want to highlight Adam Fox after we were low-key almost – let's, let's put it like this. I threw him under the bus last week, not you guys. I just asked you the question about Adam Fox, and then tonight he looked fantastic. He looked like two years ago version of Adam Fox, but that, we'll get to that. But there's a psychology about what you said. Like, for instance, if your team is not doing well and you're still traveling, it's like – the game is just icing on the cake if you win. Because if you know your team is bad, you know you don't expect much out of them if you're in a different city. If you're in Denver, I don't know, like you said, Western Canada, uh, Calgary, uh, Vancouver, Edmonton. You're just along for the ride. You're there for the experience. And then you, then you show up to the arena. Then it's like, ah, okay, if we win, bonus. But then it's different than if you're like a Stanley Cup contender, maybe a top five, top 16, then you have expectations of winning on the road. And that's actually – it seems like that part probably more highlights uh, the uh, the trip itself than the actual experience around the particular city. So that's how I look at it because if your team stinks, you know your team stinks. You're just there to show up. You know, okay, if we right. win, then that helps the trip versus, you know, I'm already here to split the seed versus if your team is damn near good, you're, look, you're fighting for a higher seed during the regular season. You're kind of expecting a win. If you if you have if you have realistic high expectations, if you know the team is pretty damn good and they're already off to a good start, you know what I'm saying. So I think that's an excellent point that you said and how you look at it. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you know, a, a case in point in, in like Ottawa, for example, um, is I went to Ottawa four four games in a in I think a three year span because the, the year we played them in the playoffs in 2017, I w- I went twice. That was my my first time there. Was um, it, it was it was the last it was the last or second to last regular season. That was a season um, that that um, uh, yeah that we ended up playing them in the second round. And the Rangers, so that was my first time. I, I booked that trip you know months ago, not knowing that they would play. And, and the playoff seasons were set, and the Rangers benched like literally half their team. So it was kind of disappointing because I'm watching basically a, a preseason game, and Ottawa was still fighting for theirs. So we weren't guaranteed to play Ottawa, but our seed was set. Theirs was not. So they were still fighting, and the Rangers were not. They were resting everyone, and Ottawa just beat the crap out of them. And and then, of course, I came back like three weeks later for uh, for game five, which they ended up losing an OT uh, after blowing a two nothing and three one lead. So that was the that was disappointing. Um, but then the next couple of years, um, the, the it was when the Rangers started to, to uh, you know, get bad. Like that was when the rebuild started. Um, so it, it was, you know, it was it was just less pressure on the on you know to win, and I just wanted to win that one game. Like, can we? Be, and Ottawa really went to crap after the playoffs, so we were actually the better team uh, the next two years. I went, and they lost both of those games too. So I'm 0 and 4 in that building in a very short span, and I've seen some uh, terrible Senators teams, or some not not great Rangers teams beaten by worse Senators teams. So uh, yeah, that, definitely a little disappointing in in, in that particular arena. But um, yeah, you know uh, that's that's all I got planned for now. I got uh, I got seven games in in the first half of the season. I don't I don't have anything. anything I, there will be more games. Um, you know we got that second Philly game coming. That's on a Wednesday night, which kind of stinks. But uh, I'll make it there. 
Um, and then I'm eyeing up the the last game at New Jersey, but that's going to depend on the shakings, how the standings shake out, because those people are getting obnoxious. That's not a fun road game, because that's just pure hatred on both sides, and, and I find Devil fans to be just really immature and obnoxious uh, when the Rangers are in town, and I just don't enjoy going there anymore, unless the Rangers are significantly better than the Devils. That's the only time I enjoy going there. Oh. <laughs> um, um, before, before I forget, you know, I thought I saw a post. This has nothing to do with the hockey. I'll get back to the hockey. You said something about, like, what happened with Air? You said you took Air Canada? You said the Air Canada was at the screwy? What happened? Yeah, well, see, Patrick told me this uh, months ago when I was when I was actively looking for a flight. He said avoid Air Canada because they did not recover from the pandemic. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of employment has has returned, and mm. but but not them. Uh, they are grossly understaffed. Um, and, and and just all of their flights are a mess. And the problem is they're not. Like and he said, unemployment actually went down to very low, so people are back at work, but not them. And people are not applying to to Air Canada, meaning you know they're running the company like crap. You know they're not increasing salaries, and for whatever reason, it's just not a good place to work, and people are not applying. So they're operating business as usual uh, in their mind, but they're grossly understaffed. And yeah, we were delayed two hours uh, going out there. So we were waiting for our flight crew from Toronto, and then the flight from that to get the flight crew to Toronto was delayed. So that the, then the flight from Toronto to Newark was delayed, and then of course my flight was delayed, uh, and then we were delayed going home too. Um, it was the flight was supposed to leave at 7:55, and it's 7:15. Like everything was still normal on the board on time. And then the, we're supposed to board at 7.30. 7.40 comes. There's no plane there. It still says on time 7.55. And then 7.55 passes, and it's still said on time. But apparently when I talked to one of, the, one of the desk people, and they said that because customs closes at 8, they won't change the board till after 8 because they don't want people seeing that they're delayed and not coming to the airport. They want them to get through customs. So all of a sudden, 8 o'clock hits. And then, boom, they flipped it to an hour later instantly. And as I looked at the board, you saw that picture I posted. Every single flight on that board was delayed. So, mm. yeah, and, and, here's, and here's the part that really pisses me off is I booked it through United. I, you know, I specifically I – took, I took Patrick's advice, and I specifically avoided Air Canada. But the problem is, and I didn't read the fine print, that Air Canada was the partner airline. So, mm. so I booked it through United, and I went to check in Terminal um, Terminal C in or uh, whatever the United Terminal is in Newark. And, and when I went to the desk, they said, "Well, you need to go to the Air Canada desk, which is two terminals over." And I'm lucky I had enough time. I, I happened to get to the airport about two hours early, which I never do, because um, I, you know, if I didn't have enough time, I mean, like that would have really pissed me off. You would, like now I got to get on the monorail and go two terminals over. You never told me this. There was no email saying you're, you know, you're from United saying. By the way, check in with Air Canada. I had a United flight number, which I wasn't on. <laughs> it was, uh, that, that's the part that really pissed me off is because I specifically tried to avoid Air Canada, and I got stuck with it anyway because <laughs> United pawned yeah. me off on them. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, they sound like they have the same issue that Southwest was having for, like, the last month or three weeks. Yeah, or so, yeah. Uh, with these, I, the cancellations yeah, out there. Wow. Disaster. 
Oh my God, that's a nightmare, man. Um, looks like tonight the um, the office was led by the defenseman, right, uh, Keandre Miller, who's kind of makes this habit. You know, like you talk about him. Uh, I I told you guys last week. I think he is kind of where I expect him to be. He, he's always shown progression. Uh, points as far as at this point in the season is his uh, high. Just being a, a ranger, and, and it helps that you know his form. You know when he was at University of Wisconsin, he's kind of got he has very good skating skills because he played forward and converted to a defenseman. Um, and we've seen this time and time again. It seems like when the Rangers are dead, um, it, he'll find a way to uh, jumpstart the Rangers offensively. Uh, he fights off guys well. He gets a good skate on them. He has a long reach. And he knows how to finish well, and it's a, he's a great weapon to have. And I guess uh, you know me throwing Adam Fox partially under the bus. He showed up tonight, man. He was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you know the fake pass to Panarin to set up his first goal, and the other uh, you know attack where he faked the flurry and went behind him and then fed the uh, fed the puck in front of the net where Flurry kind of deflected it in. But that was more Adam Fox than anything. Like, what are your thoughts on those two, two particular players? And you know, as far as you know, you know Adam, you know Adam Fox. We normally on the giant on the giant show. We we usually play uh, Crow. When we get shown up like that, so I'll do that on the hockey show too, just a little. <laughs> yeah, just a little um, bit yeah. Today was night of the de- night of the defenseman. Uh, yeah, Keandre. Um, we, you know, Keandre's offensive skills are phenomenal, and that's and that's the second time he kind of uh, he he single handedly helped get the Rangers back in the game. Um, and I said that going into the period, even though they were down two nothing, I I felt like you know if we can get one within the first four or five minutes then we'll be all right. And sure enough, he got it in two and a half. And, you know, then the second period, they just took over. Unfortunately, they didn't clamp down after the second period, but they had a good enough second period that set them up to get these two points. Um, and yeah, Keandre. And, and then the other one um, in game seven against Pittsburgh last year, remember the Rangers got that early goal. Uh, looked like they were going to just hit the ground running. And then all of a sudden Pittsburgh gets, gets two, takes the lead. Rangers were completely deflated. Uh, and then Keandre got that tying goal. It wasn't exactly the way it was drawn up. He kind of, uh, you know, hits, mm-hmm. uh, hit a penguin in front and kind of rolled. Well, whatever, you know, it happened. It went in, game seven, take it. Uh, and that was the momentum uh, that the Rangers needed. Um, and, you know, which begs the question, I was actually texting with somebody when this went into a shootout, and I said, Keandre better get an opportunity. He's got a couple shootout winners that, that I can remember. Um, he's great on the breakaways, obviously, at that, uh, the game we were at in Philly, that breakaway where he got yep. tripped, penalty called, just didn't even miss a stride and, 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 and destroyed uh, Carter Hart. <laughs> you know, here's another breakaway here tonight. He's phenomenal on breakaways. I don't know if it's that uh, mm. pterodactyl wingspan, that uh, 15 foot stick. I don't know what it is, but uh, he's phenomenal on breakaways. Um, and yeah. he should absolutely like be one of the with skates. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he should absolutely be one of the top three on the shootouts. I don't understand why Panarin and I get – it's funny because Panarin is, is atrocious on breakaways in games, but he's lethal on the shootout. I guess it's the, the no pressure the where he can just you know slow down to a crawl, do 37 head fakes and whatnot, Patrick Kane style. You know, I guess 
he's for, for maybe I guess that's got to be it. But for whatever reason, he's phenomenal on shootouts and terrible on breakaways. Um, so yeah, so uh, Keandre, I think he's having a great year, and I, I think you said it perfectly. I think his his progression is exactly where we thought it would be, where we hoped it would be. You know, not everybody on the team is going to be Adam Fox. Um, you know, I'll settle for a very you know a, a decent second. Uh, I think that's uh, I think where, where we could put him. And um, yeah, and Fox definitely needed a game like this. The, you know, the great thing about Fox is I know you you were you were hard on him, and 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 he didn't score a goal in 14 games. But you know the the assists are still there, the plays are still there. It's very rare he he has a bad game, and and, and he never has a string of bad games. Like you know, he'll he he could have a bad game, you know, on both sides of the puck. Um, but you know he'll never have a string of bad games. But yeah, he definitely needed uh, needed that goal, and and he was a really a one man show. Well, I guess two man show with with Keandre. But um, you know he he got that uh, the the second goal to tie it. He had a he had a monster slap shot, and even even Joe Micheletti said like you know there's something you don't see out of him very often. Just wind up and blast one, and he kind of caught mm. Flurry off guard. It just happened to hit him in the shoulder. Um. So yeah, Fox was definitely looking to generate the offense there, and he almost on that little tuck in that led to the uh, the tying goal. Like he was, you know, he, that was supposed to be a nice little beautiful wraparound, and he just you know couldn't get the angle to stick, uh, and the puck slid off it, and yeah, it ended up in the net anyway, which is the important part. But that would have been a it was a great move, uh, and that would have been a highlight real goal had the puck uh, had he able to tuck it in there, uh, you know, nice and cleanly. But um, I want to uh, I, I want to bitch a little bit here. I think I brought this up a couple weeks ago about uh, the second power play unit not getting enough time, and I made sure that in this That's game true. I wanted to note when they came on. Um, now the first two power plays was not power left. plays in the. <laughs> yeah, they, they, but there was nothing. Yeah, no, it's close. The first one was about forty and change, and then the second one was about twenty-five. Or, but you know what? I couldn't fault them for that because they had the puck in the offensive zone the entire time, and that's when they, they finally got cleared, and then they changed. So you really can't fault Gallant for them not coming on earlier there, but that. The overtime power play, like, come on. First of all, you're down Kreider, all right? So you got your number one unit on there, um, you know, and it, but you're down your, your, your tipping man, you know, your deflection man, your screen man. So right then and there, it's not the, the number one unit in its entirety as they're used to working. So when we had that face-off with 38 seconds left in the power play, I was furious. I was screaming at the TV, why is he not letting the kid line have a shot here? Like, the, the, the first unit power play was ineffective all day, and now, you know, it, it's not the usual power play. You know, you're going to have four guys on regardless, but, the you know, the, the, the mainstay, the guy that's going to get and put his giant ass in Flurry's face is not there. He's hurt. So why do you not give the kid line a shot there? And that pisses me off. He relies way too heavily on that first unit. And this has been a problem um, pretty much all year. I mean, the power play is not bad. The other first unit does get their goals, but the third unit's gotten three goals in the last, uh, I don't know, month or so. And, and that's impressive with how little time they're getting on each power play. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely think they should have gotten a shot. You know, the the the, the, the as as good as the first unit is, they're they're two dimensional. It's it's the Panarin cross ice to Zabanajad uh, in Ovechkin's office there, and it's 
just somebody getting a clean, you know, wrist shot or something toward the net that Kreider can tip in or bang in a rebound. Right. And neither of those are working anymore. They're on to the, the, the advantage. Now you notice goalies are moving over so much more quickly now. And the only way he's going to score on those is if it just finds that, you know, hole right next to the post or right under the crossbar because the goalies are getting over. They're, they're, they're getting their sticks in the passing lane. They know it's coming. Uh, and as for Kreider, we, we, we all talk about this. You know, that Kreider magic, he doesn't have it this year. Um, yeah, he's still in position. He's still getting the deflections. But mm-hmm. last year, all of those deflections were going, you know, over the, over the goalie's you know, through the legs or over the glove. And this time they're going right into the goalie's chest or right into the pads. It's just, you know, you know, so by all means, you know, the, the first unit is struggling. I think they're, what are they, 12 or 13 in the league, which is not terrible, but with, with those five guys, with how lethal they were last year, you know, those are the same exact five. Well, well, four out of five are the same. And the fifth one got better. We improved with, with, with Trocheck there because now we can win faceoffs on the power play. Right, right. And, um, you know, we agreed on that. Trotex is an all-around improvement on, on every level. But, you know, the first unit is not that effective. Let the second line. The second line is so, you know, that kid line is so dynamic. They're so quick. They're so energetic. They got great movement. They Obviously, they got great chemistry together. And, you know, that, that first, the first unit is just so scripted. They're looking for one of those two plays, whereas the second line is just going to throwing the puck around and eventually somebody's going to be open for a point blank shot and the first unit's not doing that and I, I can't be the only one who's noticed that and I really wish no, our coach true. would notice that, that and give that second that, line that, some power true. play time that, that's true but you're, to your first point I think it's more so what you're saying as far as they keep the puck at, uh, in that zone for so long and most cases, in most cases in most opportunities like even like they were 0 for 3 in the power play right but they only had like two to three shots they take their very sweet time it's just the way yeah. they choose to operate within that power play offense like certain power play offenses if you look at other teams they have you know the different skill sets of course if you they you can play fast and tic-tac-toe and stuff like that Rangers really want to take their sweet time and get a very good quality shot they don't mind eating up 90 seconds of the two-minute minor to to make that happen. And then the downside is exactly what you're saying as far as uh, if you wanted to see the second power play unit to get on, I don't think they're – I think they're really relying going down with the well with the, with the Panarins and Benizad and And tonight Fox was in there. Uh, you know, you know Kreider was, was not in there tonight. But they, they're going down with the, the first power play unit or a bus pretty much. They're, they're trying to get – as much uh, special teams goals as they can being a top 13, 14 team to overcome whatever lack of even strength situations. So I, I hear what you're saying, man. I definitely do. I, I, let me ask you this, man. Also, I thought that was kind of one of the calls earlier tonight with the, uh, the tripping on um, Lafayette, but then the embellishment after that. What was your thoughts on that, man? You know, <laughs> well, you know, when it first happened, I was irate. And then they showed the replay. And even Micheletti said it wasn't much of a contact there. But I am against – I am yeah. That, so, so that wasn't much of a trip there. And and you want to talk about bad calls? That too many men on the ice was. A, I'll take it. Well, it didn't do anything for us. But that too many men on the ice penalty was a trip. Right, right, right. I mean, that fourth guy was <laughs> standing right He's next to him. Right. Did he take a sweet ass time getting <laughs> getting on the bench? Yeah, but he was at the bench. You know, so Basically. terrible call. But um, 
I am dead set against calling embellishment when you also call the penalty. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I hate that. I'm okay with you calling it if if there wasn't a penalty and you're you know you're trying to draw it because then it's yeah then it's diving. So I'm okay with that, but I don't like both being called at the same time. It's it can't be both. He either committed a penalty, like if the guy committed a penalty and you try to sell it, that's part of the game selling it, you know. But you know if if you're so if you're faking it, then yeah, that's a penalty. But if it's a penalty and the dude tried to sell it, like I don't think you should take both. He either committed a penalty or the guy dove. It's one or the other. I I I, I mm-hmm. just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that you can call both. Yeah, uh, yeah. That so I hate weird. that. Yeah, that, that was weird because it, it was obviously Lafayette got tripped up. Like, you could see that mile away before they even the hand was raised. So I'm thinking, okay, we're going on a power play. And then next thing you know, I see Lafayette just going to the penalties. I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, like, it, like, embellishment or acting or diving without the penalty, like you said, Totally get it. Two minute minor, and you might get fined. I don't know if they still do that. You should be fined. Like they, they used to fine you for that stuff if you're gonna fake. It's like you know, you're, you're it's like flopping in uh, in other sports. But yeah, you're right though. Like if you're tripped up and your natural body motion goes in the direction where it's physics. This is physics one on one. Like if you fall in a certain <laughs> direction and you happen to be in the, the line of uh, crossing the where the guy who tripped you up, that's not on the guy that got tripped up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought that was like that didn't make no sense to me, man. It, it didn't make no sense. Like when I know it does, yeah. it's, it's your diving, it's your, or 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 the acting of it, to, you know, to, to, to stop the line of a pretty, pretty much a, 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 a glorified delay of game for for fronting. So yeah, I I, I was kind of blown away when I saw Lafayette going towards the bench about that. I thought he was laughing. I think, they, you know, he was kind of laughing. Yeah, he was laughing. Like, he was, he was laughing sarca- sarcastic, you know, you know, sarcastic. Like, yeah, what the yeah, hell, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and here's another bad call. I would not a bad call, but uh, another rule that I think needs tweaking. Remember, in, uh, I think it was the first period. I think it was the first penalty when um, when Heedle got need, got tripped with the leg, and went sliding. And I don't know about you, but I held my breath for you know because he he grabbed his leg as he was sliding. And I guess in hindsight, that was probably trying to sell it as well. That was a little embellishment as well <laughs> as he was making sure that the penalty got called. But, you know, as that was happening, I was holding my breath, you know, so they called him for kneeing. I think kneeing should be five minutes. You know, if if, if you're going knee on knee intentionally, um, mm. you, you know, you have the potential, you know, that's ACLs right there. That's, that's a season, if not a career, if you hit the guy square. So the, N- the NHL, this has always been one of my biggest um, – complaints um, about, you know, the Department of Player Safety, and I say that in air quotes because I have zero respect for them. Um, uh-huh. One of the things they do that infuriates me is, is when a guy gets called in, either on the phone or in person, they take heavily into account whether the other guy got injured. Like, if you drop a 
you know, an elbow bomb to the head, a fucking Marshan elbow bomb to the head. Uh, and if he didn't get a concussion, you'll give him two games. But if he did get a concussion, you'll give him five or, or whatever. Like, I, I don't buy that. Like, if you're trying to hurt the guy, you should grade strictly on intent and past history. You, you shouldn't give the guy less of a penalty because everybody got lucky and there was no serious injury. I hate that. So getting back to the point at hand, I think that knee trip, if you're going to trip somebody with the knee, if you're going to go knee on knee intentionally with somebody and trip them, I think that should be an automatic five. What if, what if he hit the ice screaming in pain and had to be carted off? They probably would have given him five because I know that's something they can review. They can review whether something should be a major or not. So I think that rule, kneeing, if you're going to call somebody for kneeing, that should be cut and dry. That should be a five-minute major every time because you've got a potential to end a season, if not a career, doing that. I don't, now, I'll give the, the, uh, the Minnesota guy a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I don't think he's, he's not a dirty guy. He, I don't think that was like a Marshan type of thing. I think it was just a really quick spur of the moment thing, but he did try to try to trip him. I don't think he tried it with the knee. I think he just meant to throw the leg out a little bit. It's a little dirty, but it's not terrible. So, but that being said, it should be a major. Uh, that's just that's just what I think. All right, all right, cool. Um, let's jump into some final thoughts. We got a uh, overtime win, two points in the last four games. Upcoming games, I think Dallas is in there, Montreal, I think Columbus. And then we'll be back next Tuesday. But, Scott, your final thoughts. And you guys, uh, uh, you and Patrick got another episode coming up, man. I definitely got to bring you guys uh, uh, and get to get a listen in on that, man. And then, um, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, Ryan Reed's return. It was good that, that the crowd gave him a salute and you know, fans loved him. Of course, Zuccarello was back. Since, you know, the last time <laughs> I saw him at, at the Garden was Lundquist's uh, – uh, retirement of his jersey night and actually there was one sequence tonight he looked in he, he, he looked pretty good you know he did a lot of stuff all in one one shift uh yeah. blocked the shot drew a penalty uh uh st- he stole the puck from Kako. Uh, he did all kind of stuff in all in one sequence and then I, I heard a little bit of zooks <laughs> on my on my TV tonight when I heard you know saw that but you know a lot of fans love Zuccarello but uh, Zuccarello Reeves return uh, versus their former team, and then of course uh, Scott. Final thoughts. Uh, uh, congratulations on the uh, win last week in Quebec, and your thoughts on the upcoming games, and then final thoughts on the blue shirts. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Um, yeah, like like I said, um, you know, I, of course I was pointing out. Uh, uh, you know, got to point out the negatives, of course. But so they had a three-game win streak, so that's what uh, three, three, oh, four, zero oh, and one. So that's eight. Nine points out of a possible ten over the last five games, and that's uh, you know obviously the name of the game. So yeah, we'll just I was a little critical, or a lot critical, but we'll just you know two points or two points. I uh, I know I I don't I don't see how everybody else ended up. Um, you know it's great that we're hot on the devil's trail now after being down 14 points on December 6th. <clears throat> so I know that I think they, they had just taken a third period lead on Carolina and I think the Islanders were tied one, one. That's the last time I checked either of those scores. So um, yeah, we got a very, very solid division this year. And it's funny because the only team that's really not in it, uh, is Columbus the one team that everybody thought just because they got Gaudreau or it's going to be amazing and they're just awful. Yeah, I watched them dismantle the Rangers. 
pictures early in the season at the Garden, but they're just terrible. Um, everybody else in the division looks pretty good. Um, you know, Philly has had somewhat of a resurgence since we saw them a couple weeks ago. I don't see them lasting. They're, they're way too streaky, and they have just not a good enough team. Um, I don't see it lasting. But in the meantime, for now, they're back in the thick of things. Uh, I think we... I think we all pretty much unanimously uh, agreed that Washington probably wouldn't last. But, again, in the meantime, uh, they're right in the thick of things. Ovechkin is having an incredible uh, three-, four-week span here as he closes in. Um, And, of course, we knew – uh, Pittsburgh's a big question mark too because they're they're putting up streaks of like seven on either side. They're they're losing seven, winning seven, losing seven. <laughs> Pittsburgh can't make mm-hmm. up their mind what kind of team they want to be. Uh, so we we have no idea what, what's going on there. And then of course Carolina, we know is legit. Um, I think the Devils are legit. Um, I think you know, thirteen game win streak is 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 obscene. It just doesn't happen. But um, you know, I think the universe kind of evened itself out with that six game streak there. But then after that six game streak, we're all starting to wonder, like, all right, well, are they terrible? Was that thirteen games just a, it's a, a you know, an act of God, and and they're terrible again? Maybe you know, we started to get excited about it, but no, they're they're definitely uh, uh, they're up there. They're they're not terrible. <laughs> they're they're a very, very very good team. I well, think yeah, they, they won uh, tonight though, right? I mean, uh, they were up by one in the third against the Mighty Hurricanes. Uh, they had just scored a third period goal. I saw somebody post. So um, I don't know how that game ended up, but they did have a one goal yeah, lead they at won. some point in the third. They did. Okay. Yeah, they Regulation. Yeah. Uh, good for them for bringing Carolina closer back to down to us and Washington. You yeah. understand it. It's almost going to be one of those situations where whoever's at the top and your your rival is like right there with you. You kind of want to root for the rival with you to bring the top. As of right now, I mean, I mean, it's not like it's a Boston Bruins situation where you're ten plus points up. Everybody's okay. within four or five points right now. So honestly, I would I hate to say it, I would rather have New Jersey win tonight just to bring keep Carolina close to the to the pack. You know. Yeah, no, there's something to be said for that. I, I, I see your point. Um, I, I don't agree with it. I, I, I never, it's definitely a side to take. Um, I'm not, I'm taking the other side now. I just, I want to pass the devils. I am just waiting. I have a, I've for about a week now, I, as they be, as they really, you know, they're in, they're, they're in the crosshairs after that, they, you know, 14 point lead they had on us. They, 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 they had come out of the woodwork. I, they were obnoxious. Those fans. Okay. okay. I, I get said, that point. I get that. What about the division? So you want to, so let me ask you this. Are you for this year's roster? You seen, we've seen all the teams, right? Do you want, Want the division? I mean, of course, I would think you would want the division, right? Not, and not just the wild card. And wild card is just more of a fallback, right? Yeah, no, I definitely, um, I definitely want the division. I mean, you know, realistically speaking, the two seed is, you know, in the division is good enough because uh, then that's what we kind of said where we wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, but you know, the one. You know, like how I think how it could have gone last year. Um, if we had that one seed, if we had overtaken Carolina, because now, because that, because that Carolina series, you know, each home team was so dominant. Um, and right, except right, for right. game seven, except for game seven, but game seven was kind of an anomaly. Cause you know, the way I saw it, the Carolina was definitely the better team in the first period, but we just had two, they took two stupid penalties and we cashed in and then, 
you know, after being down 2 nothing, I think Carolina panicked and couldn't play their game that we could not solve for six games right. uh, or three yeah. games. Um, but they, and they were forced to abandon their game and go into kind of a panic mode, and we just took advantage. Um, so think how that series could have gone had we had right. a home ice advantage. I think we probably win it in six, if not. I think five's a stretch. Carolina was too good, but I think we, you know, maybe we could shave a game off there. Um, yeah. and, and you know, we know how the Rangers just ran out of gas up two nothing in game three against Tampa. You know, maybe that one that one or two extra days off, maybe we can you know solidify game three before crapping out, and then. And, you know, if, you, if you're up 3 nothing in that series and you ran out of gas, you know, you still got to lose four games in a row. And, you know, maybe that doesn't happen. I don't know. I'm just you know, a bunch of hypotheticals here. So the point is, I get yeah, that, that one season winning that division, you know, could be so huge uh, to have home ice for, for the first two rounds um, of the playoffs. Um and, and, you know, it's funny is that we thought that, you know, the Devils were out of reach. Well, you know, Carolina, I think, had a 10-point lead on us, if not maybe, maybe even 12. And that's down to, what, six? So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, it's funny. We thought the Devils were, were, were pulling away early. You know, we we haven't officially caught them. And that's why I so that's why I was rooting for Carolina, because I just I just want to – if, if only for one day, you know, I just want to – you know, I have a glorious post plan for, like, you know, the, the <laughs> I, I two – the two standings side by side, December sixth and now, like your fourteen point lead. I just want to be above them. Um, but yeah, I guess as a more objective standpoint, uh, then yes, this brings us two points closer to first place. I completely get it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I get it. I get. Yeah, I, I get mean, what you're saying. I, I figured every, <laughs> everything's in range. <laughs> you know, for it first sure places, is. only six points now. So uh, every, I think it's six. Um, yeah, every everything sky's the limit. Uh, you know, the Rangers more or less control their own destiny, and it's going to be very, very interesting as we uh, what's going to happen as we approach uh, trading deadline. I think you know we know we need a right winger. Um, I, I don't know, you know, I haven't even been looking at any other names, um, you know, because, you know, like the move he pulled last year with Vetrano and Cop and Mott, like nobody really were talking about any of those guys. It was a brilliant move, and they were obviously huge. So are there any other right-wingers that, that you know? I mean, because, you know, it doesn't have to be Patrick Kane, but we do need a top six right-winger. And as we proved last year, it doesn't have to be the biggest names out there, but we, you know, we found the, found the right guys to turn a uh, mid-level playoff contender into a Stanley Cup contender. So, is there any other right wingers that you know of that that could, uh, you know, a top six? I will have to. I'm gonna have to look into that more within the next couple of weeks and get back to you. Matter, matter of fact, maybe not this upcoming episode, but probably the following one before the NHL All Star break, where I could probably look into it more and have a better analysis on the type of players that will fit this roster, this year's roster, and and, and we'll see where it, where it goes because that. This is win now time for the Rangers, honestly. I mean, I think we all know that. So we'll have to make the right move, and and we kind of understand what the general manager did last year, what type of assets he wanted to add for Reynolds. And um, I think uh, let me assess that, and then we'll, we'll go from there. But Scott, man, thank you on, on the post game of two point. Uh, I think Glenn went to the game, so that's why Glenn said he was going to be at the game. Uh, so good for him to see a, a, an extra point win. Shouts to RP. He's a little under the weather and his shoulders cranking up on the old man. But, hey, Scott, <laughs> uh, we'll jump on 8 p.m. Eastern. Ooh, man. 
next Tuesday, because there's no game, we'll have three games uh, to uh, to assess, and we'll see. Let's get the two point. Let's get back on more two point rolls, and we'll we'll see how we are within the week, and hopefully uh, things are cleaned up. I mean, I like what I saw tonight, especially out of. Uh, 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 Adam Fox and Keandre Miller. Matter of fact, a, lot, a, a few of them, even Lafreniere, uh, I thought it was all right. You know, you know, there's a lot of the, the dirty, stingy stuff, um, and we'll go from there, man. Sounds like a plan. Don Gray Asu, ladies and gentlemen, Lee Blue. Shout out to Scott. Shout out to everybody. Bleed Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.